0: Hello Audio Listener, please subscribe, leave a like and review on the platform you're listening from. The video version of this show is on YouTube and the link will be in the description. Welcome Joe Tempo, I'm glad to have you on and uh, yeah I'm, I'm super excited and you obviously had Law Mark on your show and he recommended you as, says you're a great guy and I can see that. And yeah, going from for the conversation we're having then like I was just going to say, when you said that club was underneath the strip club, that's t- typical, true British fashion in it, trying to find anywhere to just fucking run a night. It doesn't matter where it is. You're yeah. throwing a night there. It could be like, in, um, uh, there's a DJ in a club that used to be an old, um like uh, gunpowder storage place underneath a pub. Do you know what I mean? It's just wild, isn't it? We just find anywhere, Whereas, as you name it, we can find it and throw a good party.
1: Exactly, but that's what that's what I find the basics of like dance and underground house music is all about. Like it doesn't necessarily matter where it is, and I I think like one of the first tracks of house um, was like when who was the the godfather of house? Uh, C- not Carrie Chandler. Oh no! St-
0: Stacy Pullen is one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, some... Kerry Sean, Frankie Knuckles. Frankie
1: Knuckles, that's yeah. it. I think he he played in somewhere that was like something called Warehouse. Yeah. And he that was where he like first started the movement of like yeah. house, Warehouse House, like it caught that's how it caught the name on, I think. Um but it's like anywhere could be that kind of vibe, and that's what I love about it. Like it doesn't matter if it's in some corner shop or like underneath a, a tunnel. That's some things they're doing in London right now. Um Yeah. Like, just on the back end of a, of a truck. Like, it could be anywhere. That's what no. I love about it.
0: They've done it, like, in Have a kebab seen...
1: shop, haven't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like,
1: transforming something like that. You wouldn't see that in a commercial kind of place, would you? No. 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 But that's what I love about house and dance music. It could be any venue, like you're saying.
0: And just, yeah, as long as you've got a good crowd and a good beat to it, you've got a party. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> like, they've done the a kebab shop and it was like a pound for, like, ten wings. And why you're getting you waiting for your wings because you will be raving it up to whatever you want, whatever they're playing, right in the shop. <laughs> exactly. They've done it like in a shoe shop in Bristol. Uh, I saw Skrillex do one store, like in somewhere in the UK, just randomly just showed up and started playing. Crazy, but Absolutely. it's it's good though. Um, So, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself then. Where are you from and, like, you know, sort of of start your journey from where you're from and how you got into, you know, electronic music. So, I am from York, hence the accent. Um, And I am
1: actually labelled by quite a lot of my radio friends as, like, unofficial Duracell rocket bunny. So, they see Northern as, like, really high energy. And I'm just like me. I'm just me, like... I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm just who I am, I'm bubbly, I'm whatever. I just go with the flow um, and just try and talk to as many people as I can. Um, and I'm from York um, and yeah, moved down here to be my partner, like i mentioned to you. I yeah. Didn't move down to be in, came and visited and luckily it worked out. Yeah. Um, and then just since then, just really grown a network from London, in London, in and around London. Um, done a few guest shows just kind of getting my name out there, going to do like three slots with DJing, just to gain exposure. Um, Landed a few good gigs, um, one in Soho, which was a three or four month long residency, really grew the fundamentals of DJing, reading crowds, Um, built myself up through that, and then playing in gay venues in Soho as well. Mm -hmm. That's done quite well for me. Then went on to like with the radio platform, Ministry of Sound, um, opening up the one oh three room, supporting people like DJ SKT, uh Charlotte Van der if you've heard of her. Yeah. yeah. Kanada, I've heard of, um supported them. Um and then yeah, it's just like propelled into being a resident for fire now with Beyond Midnight. Yeah. you've heard yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah, they're every sing- every single Saturday, mate, they're just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's 12 at
0: night like a.m till 12 noon the next day yes crazy. man I went in because I DJ'd in lightbox once so I went in fire after uh because mm-hmm. we've got like uh is the after party. it was in there because one of my buddies was hosting a room there and it was fucking yeah. insane man like I went in it was nighttime I walked out and it was like looked at the sun I was like oh it that's bright like you know and it was like that in egg as well yeah I mean I
1: I because the the hour slots are like when when James who runs Beyond asked me to play for for Beyond, um, it can either be in the main, which is two hours, or it's in like the lounge or light box, which is usually three hours. Mm-hmm. So if you get a slot like at six am till nine, you come out of there and your eyes are just like, what? <laughs> not, even, <laughs> not, not on drugs, not on alcohol, not on anything. No. You just come out and you're like, oh my god.
0: <laughs> yeah, like getting up for work. You're like, oh, what? Yeah. It's that sting in the back of your eyes. That yeah,
1: yeah. But it's great fun. It is great fun.
0: I, I think it's good, like, because I'll say this to people over in Canada, is that uh, you can go to a club, like, Firelight box or um, egg or anything like that, right? And then you can do your clubbing and then you can walk straight into a cafe and get a fry-up <laughs> after, yeah. after your clubbing, right? And, you but, know, a lot of places I don't think, do that.
1: Like, literally, I think there's a, a, um, there's a prep. Right opposite the station yeah. on Underclub, so yeah. I always go in there and get like the salmon roll or whatever it is with like mayonnaise and I think it's um is it dill that they put it with?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I it's know really exactly nice. what you
1: mean. But it's like mad how like people are waking up, going for their breakfast, getting their their hit of coffee, and you're just coming out of there like joining them, like hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they've like, been through the
0: wars and they're like all dressed yeah. up, like and <laughs> you can
1: always tell who's been in fire <laughs>
0: just yeah. by what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um So go. let's start then. What was like, your inspirations when you were young then? Like obviously we brushed on to like drum and bass a little bit, but then obviously you grew out of that into sort of house like, at a young age. So how did that sort of develop?
1: I mean, so when, um, when I was in York and it was more commercial kind of vibes, that was when I was like really young, like teenager. Mm-hmm. So it was day in York and I think it kind of, the love for house and underground dance music kind of developed coming once I grew up and came out of York. Um, so when, when I was in college and ended college, um, my friends went on to do university in like Newcastle, Leeds, Manchester, and their night scene is obviously bigger than York's night scene. Yeah. So I think one of the first raves of um, house and underground dance music was digital Newcastle to see Patchett Topping. Oh yeah, I love Patrick Topping. Obviously, it's geezer, he's not, really? so, like Newcastle, is, so I'm like, yep, my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not Newcastle, but like we're we're nearby. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. That was a great experience. But I think one of the biggest experiences was uh, we went for a loop warehouse rave in Newcastle as well. Right. Um, and since that day, I remember like just being like absolutely blown away. It was like no phones. Everyone was there, all dressed up, like, in themes. Um, it goes hand-in-hand hand that we're actually near Halloween now. It's only a few weeks. Yep. And I love Halloween. I think Halloween's like, one of the best times of the year. don't love like a bit for- of Halloween, yeah. For a party, dressed up, like, oh, love it. It's all about atmosphere. Yeah. If you add atmosphere alongside yeah. music and a good crowd, banging. um but yeah, like this, my wife. This night- <laughs> 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 but, but this night, um, it'll always stick by me because... It was like, there was no one on their phones. It was just, everyone was there for the music. Like there was people outside in the smoking area. Everyone was chatting. Everyone was just vibing off each other. But yeah. the one key element, um, when I tell this story is like at the very end, I think the clocks went back and what they did, they didn't announce it or tell anyone, but in true like underground house, warehouse style, they, so it was like a massive warehouse, but they had massive double doors yep. to where the smoking area was in the entrance. So what they did when it hit 12 and the clocks went back they shut the doors and they locked them so anyone that was like just chatting rubbish outside in the smoking area was kind of locked out and it was like made to go home but anyone that was left inside they they played for an extra hour wow it was mad like absolutely mad it was so cool Obviously, you felt a little bit like, oh my God, are they going to let us out? But no one really cared because it yeah, was just yeah. like, let's have it for one last hour and just go full ham. It was wicked. And that's when I was like, right, this is the type of stuff that I like because it's and
0: just no care in the world. Like, it's just about the music. It's great. So that that was like the turning point for you then to really get, open your eyes into like the clubbing scene. And what, uh, what were, what were like the inspirations of like, because we touched on a bit of 80s music, 90s, we touched on quite a lot of that and that's quite a wide spectrum in music and I mean I'd like I said to you I love the 80s everything about the 80s I love like just the electronic mm-hmm. sort of sampling and getting involved like starting to dabble into the old electronic scene do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. you know what what sort of inspirations did you have back then as well so I always bang about to my partner
1: anyone that like listens to it on radio i have said it on radio like a lot um I love remixes of the 90s and 80s kind yeah. of stuff like I love I love obviously the originals of them like some classics you can't beat of course you can yeah. um but I think as artists in the modern day if they remix something from the 90s like it's 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 amazing just with a little bit of a heavier kick drum or something like that or loop a little bit um on like a hook or a riff to make the drop a bit longer not to completely you know strip away the original but to play homage to the original, I think it's amazing. And I'll always say to everyone on radio and uh, all my friends, I wish I grew up in the 90s. I think the whole like scene in the 90s, I mm-hmm. imagine it to be similar to what I, I experienced in Loop, in the warehouse, the story I just told. like I imagine it like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up in the 90s, so I can't speak for it. But the videos that you see online, the rare videos you see, it's just like, people just like don't care, they're just crazy. Not pictures, no no phones. Do you get what I mean? It's all for the music. Yeah, and yeah. what, it's that authenticity that the 90s music and 80s music have, which I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I produce music myself and listening back then, you can tell it's not up to the standard of the modern era. Like, it's not, like, technically, the most amazingly made music. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's probably the biggest music that we know of today to get what yeah. i mean
0: yeah yeah a lot of foundation like, was like that sort of era though wasn't it like you say it's yeah you know and again even even back in the no- <laughs> you're right back in the 90s even in the 90s it was crazy because it's like I know, like house was big back then i loved house and drama and bass the jungle and, and reggae sky music but even just pop like spice girls was just pumping even blokes listening to it and it was just like good era of music right everyone was like i don't know everything was just a good era of music back then it's in the like 90s, yeah. even in, mu- in music
1: today like i i i met my own music and i and i listened to old music because some of the rave stabs that they use like you can hear it in some of the music today like i think james hype has just released a track called control i think it's yeah. control something like that and that uses like a 90s acid stab on the drops that like you can hear it. It's completely inspired by nineties. So even now, we're like what, twenty years or something ahead? And it's yeah. still with us. Like I love it. It's just it's it's inspired and motivates everyone in this day and age. I think it's so cool, the 90s music.
0: That's like um I, I saw like a video, uh Simon Remix, Brittany Spears, hit me baby one more time, but made a proper like dirty drop of DM like jump up D M B. And again, like you say, people are sampling like this stuff now that was kind of As some people we really look back and think, oh, it's cheesy pop, which it is in some way. But they're yeah. incorporating that into this, uh, this heavy underground stuff now. And it's kind of cool to see that, right? You know, this, this generation is doing that with that style of music.
1: But that's like that's what I touched on just then when I was talking is like when an artist does that, I really feel like it tells a lot about them as people. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, they're almost like taking something from a legend before or whoever they've loved before and they're, they're crafting it into something modern so people can, either they can relive it and the public can relive it through a different way, but with mm-hmm. their own spin on it. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Like yeah. it's playing homage to the artist, but it's like, hang on a minute. I love that. Let's make it like this. And then new, new people can still enjoy it. And then they can probably go, oh, this is from then. I'll go and listen to the original. And then it's like it's a domino effect of like keeping it alive. It's amazing. Yes. Keeping the scene alive
0: for it as well. It's great. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, that's good for the scene, and it's good to, to like introduce people to different styles of music they've ne- like you say, like i have never seen before, right? And and yeah. uh that's 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 the beauty of music, I think, as well, like you say. Yeah. So when you got into DJing, what was your like first ever exposure to like mixing tracks like you know was it cds was it you know did you collect any cds because mine was cds and vinyl but mainly cds you know yeah. what so was that sort I've,
1: of I've fully grown up in the digital era so i'm like a digital usb record box baby i'm a lockdown like um lockdown born fully dj i dabbled in it when i was younger at house parties um like i mentioned with the the a club underneath the strip the strip club yeah in york i managed to get a little bit of a slot there it didn't really go anywhere because i was young i didn't really know if i wanted to do it blah blah blah. dabbled in it there and then in lockdown um i was doing um djing practicing djing on my laptop on a ddj 400 in my bedroom and i was like i love this my partner i absolutely love it couldn't beat match to save my life <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking yeah. at looking at youtube um stuff um Whereas in in the mansion one, I'd play on like sync and all that, because that's what they just told me to do. Like you've got the music, sometimes play on sync, because obviously that helps. Now I wouldn't touch sync at all, because I know how much of a train crash that can get to. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) When one's like not on the grid and the other one's off the grid and you try and play it and it's just, it's crazy. Um, And yeah, just came out of lockdown. And like I said, with getting gigs in the bar in Soho and stuff like that, that's just where it's kind of come to now to be honest.
0: Yeah. I kind of feel like the COVID thing broke a lot of clubs but made a lot of artists. Yeah. The demand for
1: gigs is like completely like overtook what venues are after. Like if yeah. you know what I mean, like venues, like there's, artists aren't struggling, but like there were so many people that wanted to come out of lockdown DJing. Like it's the, the competition is even tougher now than it ever used to be.
0: Yeah, because I, I mean, I go back to UK twice a year, maybe three times. And what, with this current sort of climate of DJs now, you know, like, do you, like, what do you look for in a DJ? For, we're going to touch on your radio show and your DJ assist, but what do you look for in a DJ when selecting DJs for your show?
1: Um, for my show, I look for, I mean, it's difficult because it's almost like, I mean they've got to obviously be a good DJ. Yeah. They've got to be able to mix. Um, it looks uh, you know, are they are they out in the scene? Are they gigging a lot? Are they proving their worth? Um, you know, I don't necessarily look for like followers. That doesn't yep. really mean that much to me, nah. like a big following. That's cool. Um, you know, it's not to me that's not really applicable. Like if yeah. you've got something to say, you've got something um that you've got an experience with or you're, you you've reached out to me before you've made a connection with me um like even just saying hi or something not just dropping a email oh i dj here's my track would you have me on your show because i'm a human being at the end of the day <laughs> yeah
0: you can ask you me how are I mean? my like,
1: days going like yeah
0: exactly like
1: <laughs> oh here's my track as well do you want to hear that <laughs> um which is which you're not going to put on a radio show are you um but yeah it's just I don't know. I think it's just many people I've met in the scene. Like I've got um, I've got a guest coming on um, in November who has done a lot of events in in XOYO and he's actually booked me for my first time playing at XOYO not so oh, long gosh, back. And he's been he's been in like Ibiza, he's done like so much stuff that people don't necessarily know about um, if you were just talking to him face to face. You know, people who have a story and giving them a platform to tell it, I feel like that's more important. Obviously you've got to be able to DJ and have good music and like an angle as well for radio, because that helps. Um, Because otherwise you're not gonna be able to talk about much. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, But if you've got a story, I really like using the platform to to allow them to tell that. Any experience through the scene or anything, anything that can inspire anyone as well. Because there's so many people on the fence about it, even today. Oh DJing's not a long time career it's not this it's not that um but to me it's like that inspires someone to pick up a DDJ 400 and start making uh, start mixing tracks about themselves off their own back in the bedroom like I did or for it.
0: Yeah for and it. again like you say your your way you did it, it could inspire someone. But I also think I want to touch on this as well like social media nowadays right it's it shows started on that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It shows like an instant success, but it takes a lot of hard work. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you said, through lockdown, you worked hard, you did, you learned stuff, things like that. But people think they can just pick up a controller and think, oh I'll go on Instagram, so I'm a DJ, and then like boom, here I am. I'm you know, it's and unfortunately social media shows that to us. But and that's why like you do with your guests, and like I'm asking you, you know, my guests as well is their experience and that like you say can inspire other people as well
1: so with me with social media it's all the huge thing about it i believe is like smoke and mirrors everything like i when i first started i would compare myself to so many people on social media yeah man. like and it would really get me down it would be like why can't i play for this venue why can't i play for that and there's people that i know who have a very little following and they're getting gigs every weekend yeah they have less followers than me. I think I've got like 3,000 or something, which doesn't really matter. Like, it's good to have that. It's nice to have that. It's a good leverage, getting mm-hmm. gigs and stuff like that. It's all about leverage I found in the scene. You know, what can I give you, give me? It's, just, it's business at the end of the day. Do you know For what sure, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why it's called music, one side, and then business, one side, because you've exactly. got to be good with music, but you've also got to be a business head. And I feel like if you use social media as a business tool, you'll skyrocket like no matter your following or anything like that obviously reaching out to fabric with two thousand three thousand followers they're going to be like who the hell is this guy you know yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unless yeah, you've yeah. got a beat port number one and they're in the scene they know that you are that and you've you know you're on the yeah. rise um it's yeah but social media uh, to me is it's a business tool um and it should be used for business only my, my personal view obviously it's subjective anyone can do what they want on it yeah, um, yeah
0: that's exactly what ed sheeran said you know he said I li- it should just literally be used for promoting your business because i think you I've can seen get, it that as well. yeah because you can get sucked yeah. in and it just destroyer it did but well, for me it did for me a little bit you know and does it
1: eat well because you, oh. you start
0: comparing yourself and you, i call it the
1: the artist saboteur yeah. you start comparing yourself to every other artist in there you, you scroll through and you see these, oh, he's got like 300 likes on this. He's got this many views on his reel. And it's like, why can't I do it? I've just made a similar video or something. And it's like, well, as soon as you start comparing yourself when you're losing track of music and your business mindset, that's when you'll just start to go down. Yeah, And if you are getting like that, I'd advise to just lock your phone away for a day. Cause I do that on the weekends a lot. I've started now just locking it away and just making music. Because when I'm when I'm here, where I am now, this is where I make music, and I, I light a candle. It's like a caramel toffee scented candle. It's great. It's amazing. Smells nice. And I just stop for ten, like five minutes, and I go right music mode. And then I lock my lock my phone away, and I just go straight into music. And the progression I'm getting from it, it's
0: mad. That's wicked, yeah. Because again, like I was going to ask you about, like you producing, we'll touch base on that as well. Because uh, my wife does the same thing. She's a candle candle freak. And she's like, oh, here's some candles. I shot some <laughs> around the house. And she's like, you need one in your studio. I'll go, but why? She goes, trust me. So Just, I do one hurts. now, right? She's got like, <laughs> she's got, like some like, wood burning one or whatever. But anyway, it is, I agree. It does help. You know, it, it does, does sort help. of calm you down, right? And look, you're totally right about locking your phone away as well. That's, you know, that's a, uh, I think one of the most vital things for producing and again, like, like you said, with regards to um, <clears throat> uh, when you look at yourself sabotaging, when you're comparing yourself to other people, you kind of like, we was touched on both before, when you're doing your music, that's your identity of your music. And when you're comparing yourself with other people, you're losing what you started doing for the passion because you're comparing yourself. Lose who
1: you, you lose who you are in all the noise. It's extremely yeah. easy for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but you do massively lose yourself and who you are and what you want to put out there. Um, I feel like producing music now, because I'm really into like... Um, I I was into... like When I first started getting into house and going clubbing, it was really tech housey. Yeah. But I feel like the sound... Of today is really going to like the 130 BPM hard dance. Yeah. Like if you look at the sound that Trick are putting out right now, like it's like 135, 134, 136, even just yeah. crazy, like ham, ham, ham. Look at Hannah Lang. Hannah Lang, Hannah Lang. I can never say that name. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> coming out with such crazy music, but it's great and it's changing the scene. I mean, even artists like Calvin Harris, they're completely redeveloping who they are as artists. Like yeah. They're coming out with one, 140 BPM this hour. Wow. Uh, if you listen to, to the original Calvin Harris that we know, that you think of when I grew up, it's like, when I met you in the summer. It's not like 140, like, offbeat heavy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's mad how it's changing. Um, but I really get my influence and inspiration for music from Trick Label. That's a big yeah. label that I get a lot of inspiration from. Um, and people like Lock and Load, if you know Lock and Load. Yeah. I'm really on that vibe. Um, nice. yeah really really energetic housey old school stuff
0: 90s inspired stuff yeah that's cool man that's really cool so how did you get into producing then like what how did you oh, This is the conversation i really get interested in as well and yeah. how did you get into it yeah so you look at
1: every festival lineup you look at all the big names they all produce don't they like they do they all produce yeah. um And that was like when when we we were talking about social media and all that stuff, it was like, you know, the impact of looking... Because it does make you look at yourself. Like social media obviously can eat you up, but it does force you to reflect and look at like what you could be doing that's better. And I was like, I'm DJing, I'm in Soho doing all this stuff, but no one knows me. Like the exposure is getting there. Like I'm getting gigs, but I want to be like up there. You know, I don't want to be Calvin Harris or like someone absolutely jamie jones or someone absolutely crazy that's beautiful if it happens but i just want to make music i want to play music and make people dance for the love yes. of music that's mm-hmm. my like thing that i want to do that's my like all-time goal okay um and i was like i'm not gonna be able to do that without producing music and having a tag to me to do that um, yes and yeah just just was like i need to just plunge myself into it um because that alongside djing is is Always going to build you up if you just DJ, that's great, you're going to get somewhere. But having something to as a tag, um, with music itself to put your name onto it will just make you go higher. So that was the whole reason why I started producing. Um, learned it a lot off my back. Um, I think I've done one production lesson, okay. What LSA. was that one? Oh, okay, yeah, LSA, yeah, yeah, was really good. Learned the fundamentals and then just kind of, um learned a lot of YouTube um, and then I got a sound engineer who I'm, I'm building the relationship with called Shane Mahon. He's really good, amazing sound engineer, and he's just spent a lot of time with me just over Zoom like this myself, my, me, like me and yourself, um, and just showing me little bits, bits and tricks. Learn, um, learn a lot through books, the old school way. Books are great, um, man. Yeah. Books they are actually they're, they're they're a dark horse mate are. yeah 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 oh, i totally are. agree yeah um, i've actually got have I got the book? yes i do this is the one that me and shane always talk about um so i've got one called the mix and engineers handbook but if you do if you know attack magazine yeah, secrets of dance music oh there you go this honestly says what it does on the tin mate yeah <laughs> it tells cool. you all the secrets you need to like really make your track proper proper like stand out it's i swear by this book i think i'm like three quarters in and i'm like the amount of learning i've made just from this one book and the other one a little bit but this one is like crazy it's like
0: so good you have to send me a name to that because i've been producing for like over 10 years but I still learn stuff every day like you know There's every day's a school day I, I say right and it is and you know ne- that lid is never gonna no nah. or, or, or be closed
1: you'll always be learning stuff with exactly music. yeah I love it that's why I love production
0: so going so re- reading uh books yeah definitely a dark horse yeah and going from that then so you do you use Ableton I do yeah you do yeah so um what was your first track ever like that you made compared oh to what God. it's like now? Absolutely terrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely terrible. No arrangement. No. No. Nothing. Just yeah, terrible. It's almost like you um when you first picked up your decks as a DJ, your mixing was absolutely atrocious. Like yeah. train wreck every time. Um, yeah, I'd put like the claps with the kick on the on the first beat on the downbeat. I didn't even know what a downbeat or an upbeat was or an offbeat. I was just messing with it. Never knew what any of the buttons were. It's like a spaceship, isn't it? It's like, and now I'm just... you know all the shortcuts. It's crazy. So like anyone that wants to get into producing and I would advise them 100 million percent to just throw yourself into it. Take each step of it, each day at a time and just slow down. You're not going to be Jamie Jones, Calvin Harris on day one. It's like a gym. You've got to really just keep at it and you will learn them. Yeah. Um, yeah, the track that I made, <laughs> I've got it, and it's so bad, I so know. bad.
0: Did you ever play it
1: out? I never, I, I played one of them out, was one of my firsts, and it wasn't actually that bad. The crowd actually did quite like it, but yeah. you could tell it wasn't, It wasn't. I even did a little <laughs> master myself, and it was just like the level of volume was so low compared to other people's music that I was like, right, I need to go back to the drawing board I need to actually
0: learn how to make music first yeah. instead of just making it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I think that's a good thing because then it makes you reflect on that track, right, like you say, and then Absolutely. move forward. I, right? Like, like you just said, Brad, to touch on that, I never, I
1: try my hardest to, um, and anyone that does produce that wants to get into it, I would always advise them to do this. I never delete my back catalogs because you can always learn from them and you can always, yeah. that, it's nice trajectory to look at when you when you're learning and getting better to look back and move forward um i feel like that always betters yourself as well when you do that because you can always go back to that track and add things and change it to what you know of today um because it might actually be a really good song it might actually be creatively it might be amazing but just Mm. technically made might be terrible but a few years down the line if you keep that and don't get rid of it you go back you might have a bang on your hands you never know.
0: That's true, man. Yeah. And again, that that information right there is like, I, I think it's definitely vital information. Because again, like going back to the social media thing, you see some people do this 15 second clip of like making a, a song and they're like, why can't I make a song in 15 seconds? You know, I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's all dresses now. You know what I mean? Like, so it's what you're so saying is perfect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're editing it and they're changing it
0: around to make it look <laughs> 15 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> so, going on from that journey, then from the producing journey, from uh, you know making them songs and, and and growing from that, when did you sort of start to think, right, wow, this is sort of clicking really well now, and I'm kind of understanding what I need to do to make the tracks that I like and, and I'm inspired by?
1: Um, so only within like the last few months, to be honest, I've been doing it in the background since I started in lockdown um i think it was a few months after lockdown um where it was like right I, you know comparing myself to other people they're making music need to be doing it um, and i didn't do it like drastically um i just learned and learned and learned like quietly in the background um learned all the fundamentals and it wasn't actually and i have to be, I do have a big shout out to shane who i use as a sound engineer he spent a good 30 minutes to an hour with me completely out of his time i didn't pay for him or anything like that just a nice genuine guy Yep. it wasn't until I really had that talk with him, because I sent him my first track and he was like, oh, it's really good, this, that, this, that, but there's this, that, this, that. And it, it crushed me a bit, but I was like, right, because I'm really open to critiques. Yep. Um, and it's, like I said, just a few months ago that he did this for me, and like, he literally, we did a Zoom call like this, and he was like, right, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, change this, and you'll fly. Since then, I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. Every track, I'm like, just creatively so much better because um, I had like, you obviously do producing, so mm. I had like my kick not in the same bus as my like drums I had yep. it with my bass um, and he was like no, put your kick with your drums, put like a compression make a second bus to like your high hats your claps and everything, put like a, a side chain kick on that, uh, side chain T kick on that with like 30% wet and change the release and all that so it's sounding pumpy, not too much that it takes the, the, the drums out but it's mm-hmm. like making the kick punch through so little little tweaks like that and now i'm just like yeah it's time now to just make music and just try and get it out there because that's another job
0: yeah <laughs> and that, again we're going to touch on that as well like because you know when i do i'll take the low end out of all my hats and claps and stuff right but i literally just keep the low end in the kick and and the bass line right and mm-hmm. that's something someone told me it was just like doing an easy fix i'm like yeah let's so just take the low end out of all the all the symbols and little elements and just keep it all yeah. on that right and yeah. like you said a bit of wet and things and it kind of fattens it a bit and yeah
1: i think i think as well um a big trick that i do which is actually i learned through this book for a sequence of dance music by attack magazine shout out to attack magazine there yeah. <laughs> um uh was to split your low end so split your split your bass. i don't know if yep. you know this trick brad yeah so uh
0: I use reason, but they've got CVs and uh, CV splitters and audio splitters. So you can split stuff and merge are mergers and splitters. But yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Okay. So yeah, so usually what I'll do,
1: because I like to control every single element as itself. Um, So if I make a, I'll make the track as I make it. And then when I'm ready to like mix down um, and get like, you know, space and um, a nice like clean spectrum in the mix frequency wise, mm-hmm. I will you nine times out of 10, I will split the base between sub attack and any other layers on top of that. Okay. Cause then what allows me to do is keep the sub clean, nice and clean, usually just a sine wave, um, with a few like wideners or a bit of stereo chorus on there just to make it nice and fat and juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it allows me to change the sub in, and the mid and attack base, like separately. So if I mm-hmm. think the subs too loud in that one clean, one channel of just bass. Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to change that unless I do like a low cut on there. But then what that risks is me also changing any information on the on the mid base. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, and obviously the sub with the kick is the biggest thing, one of the hardest things to get right with your lower Yeah, I think. It's the,
0: biggest, <laughs> it's the biggest driver, but it's also the biggest fucking headache. Yeah. yeah, it can yeah. really ruin a mix if you don't get that right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you, man. Trust me. I've been fighting with that for years. <laughs> You'll never stop fighting with that, honestly. No, no. It's a fucking lo- it's an uphill battle that you're never going to win, but I guess you just have to embrace the best part of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, And uh, so you've made some tracks then. So what was your way of getting your track signed? So I haven't actually got any of them signed yet. No, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, building up, like to get signed, like, how are you approaching that? So I should have worked that better. How are you like approaching to get tracks signed or preparing for that? Like, are you building up a back catalog, certain EP? Yeah, sorry, got on. yes, sorry.
1: Yes, <laughs> so you're, you're literally you're banging it all on the head there. Like, oh, yeah. um, I've I, I think I think what I've learned in life is binding your time is very important. Obviously there's no time like the present. Absolutely not. Like the present is like today's today, you've got to do something with it. You know, you can't just sit around not doing anything. Um, but I feel like if you've got, cause I, I'm at the minute with my music, I'm at a point where I'm really happy with it. I re- I know my, my channel and my sound. And I think yeah. that's probably one of the hardest things as an artist is actually knowing your sound yeah, and what you definitely. want your sound to be. That's very difficult. Cause I struggled with it for years and only now, i'm like yes this is what i want um and like you say building a back catalog my plans for releases and stuff are in 2024 so next year over the next few months i really want to um work on my networks with producers use the radio as leverage for that as well that helps um work with them maybe collaborate with them on something um and yeah just build the back catalog of bangers really and just bide your time my, my my actions are to write a plan for each song when when do i want it released? what month um my music i like to make is usually in major keys so it's quite happy because i'm nine times out of ten a very happy person in life i don't yeah. like to be sad um and even when i am sad i really try and just do something to up myself whether it's through music or whatever i do um and i want to portray that onto people as well through my music. Mm -hmm. And usually that's like with summer. Yeah. Like I speak to quite a few producers who produce in the winter and they're like, oh, I just want to make sad music in the winter. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Um, But if you build something in in the winter that's happy, you then got it as a catalog for next summer. For sure. Um, But yeah, 2024 summer just before it is when I'm going to like reach out to BBC Introducing all these like radios that because the the platforms are there feel like you've just got to have like you say a back catalog you've got to have a plan you can't just jump straight into it because you regret it down the line and i actually spoke with law who has been on the rave room with yourself and he said to me he said that plan is so good because he wished that he did that he obviously doesn't regret it like as much as you know that might have sounded but he does wish that he had a bit more of like um patience of getting something out and really like honing in on what he wants as an artist yeah because then people will hear it and they'll go oh that's a jerry tempo track oh that's a lord mark track oh that's a brad from rave rooms track i don't know his second name so <laughs> that's all right so good yeah yeah um
0: but yeah i think it's important to come out the like first impressions in anything is important isn't it so I think it is, yeah. I know people say you shouldn't judge by, it, by its cover, but first impressions give you a foundation of what it could be. doesn't mean yeah. it exactly is that, but it can give you a foundation of, okay, as human beings, we naturally, you know, observe things in life and think, okay, it could be that, but let's look for, into it further. And then as you release more music, it shows your true identity of your sound. Right? Yeah. And like you said earlier, um, you know, you've got music and business is the music business obviously and like you said you're building a back catalog and you're preparing that so and social media like you said is is should be used for promotion and business so when you're doing this stuff and you get like you say you're getting stuff ready for 2024 are you building like artwork are you you organizing all that sort of stuff and having that sort of plan as well because this information is great for people listening as well
1: absolutely yeah got to I mean, at the end of the line, if it, there's always a self-release option, you mm-hmm. know, if if you're if you're making music, you're sending it to thousands of labels, and every single one's going no, you can always self-release. Like it's worked for a lot of people. There's a lot of platforms nowadays that you can do it. So I'll make my own artwork. I have like a folder for every single track that I think I want to release. Because remember, you don't always have to release every track you make which is very important. That's very true. Don't always think what you're making, you are going to release it because that will always happen. <laughs> you might let it on the line be like, I like it, but yeah, it's not really my identity. So you've got to be, about, be a little bit clinical with yourself and what you're making, I think. Um, and yeah, like you just touched on, like I'm making artwork. I have um, even like a, a, a white label kind of like write up of what the song's about, what's its inspiration. Um, influences on the track um, I mean I've just made one called What's Happening Here that has a massive inspiration from Danny Bond's Dominator on Trick if you've heard mm-hmm. that track yeah. so that's in the write up so these little things um, preparing for which a record label might potentially ask I think is very important to have um, An artwork artwork obviously that's not 100% super important um, if it helps you like vision what your tracks about, like, cause that's why I do it. Obviously mm-hmm. the label will just override that and they'll do whatever out they want that will match the track for them. Um, but if you, if that helps you vision your track by all means do it definitely. Um, but yeah, I have everything in the finished music folder, 2023 ones. I really want to release and then I put the date and schedule for when I want to get out there.
0: That's sick. And like you say, if you self release as well, you can do your own artwork and start practicing that it's also a form of therapy i think i think like i'm going to touch base on this quickly not dive too deep into loads to talk (laughs) about but like you're saying you like making happy music i do think producing music is a form of therapy in in my eyes you know like the way you you are that day you know you can make a gritty song i'm in a bit of a pissed off mood today someone cut me up on the on the motorway or well, you know, whatever ballpark stuff, yeah. and you make your happy stuff, right? You know, and that's—I yeah, think that's I think the...
1: one of the biggest artists that um, is probably the biggest artist that I know of today is the King of Pop, Michael Jackson. Like, okay. he—he—you yeah. he, he listen to his music and the timeline of his life, like you can tell, you can feel every emotion in his music going through whatever era and time he was doing in his life. Mm -hmm. when he had all the things with the paparazzi and like all the media like bad and all those type of songs you know and then like the whole earth song and all that man in the mirror all those things like changed the world like you could tell what he was feeling through his music Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think that's like you're saying like it is therapy he was using his music to portray whatever message he wanted and that's what we do as artists every day
0: yeah definitely so go on your producing side then do you have like a set like uh, template now like what's your producing process like explain that a little bit because template I am a huge yeah. fan for templates. okay cool uh, yeah it's not just absolutely. me absolutely <laughs> I, I love them
1: i have I have a starter preset that I've custom made um so you can obviously change the settings in Ableton. so when you open it it's all ready to go so you can yep. default you can change your default settings um but I didn't realize that. Until after I'd made this startup preset. So I just go in, I don't care what it looks like, I just go Command O, open, and go straight to my startup preset. And then that's everything nice and neatly tucked away in its own bus. So I've got one for drums, I've got one for bass, I've got one for uh, percussion, one for mids and simps, one for strings, um, one for piano, um, one for effects, builders, textures, all nice and neatly tucked away in its own little group um and then it's also got all the sends um returns on it all ready to go um and i think the only instrument i have on is a kick so that i've just got a beat straight away so i just press space bar and i'll just go straight into it and i think it's just a sample from splice called for kick <laughs> no, <though. laughs> but it's nice and comfy so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it really gets me in the mode of like you know let's yeah. make some music um yeah, that's just, that's how I start every single song. I usually, like I, like we touched on the candle, I come in here and I go, Tuesdays is usually my music production days. And I like turn all the lights off, I put my candle on, I like sit, just like have a little like five minutes and go, right, you're in music mode and just start. And then just, yeah, yeah just work creatively. Try and get a song kind of um, even in session view. I like using session view a lot. Um, I think a lot of artists don't use session view that much they use arrangement view more in house I've okay. heard I don't know if you're the same Brad
0: uh, I don't something you mean by... is this an Ableton thing because I'm not I don't use Ableton oh are you not Ableton no I'm reason sorry oh okay I'm, I've been using so, yes. Reason since like reason four <laughs>
1: right okay yeah. yeah so Ableton Ableton has like a session view which is like um like a like a standard kind of mixer view so you've mm-hmm. got like your mixer um volume channels and all that and then but then you've also got arrangement view so everything you jam out in session view so you can make kind of like your riff in in session view you can make your intro in session view then all you have to do is record it and it will transfer into arrangement view
0: oh i'll get you now yeah it's kind of something similar to reason yeah
1: yeah so you can jam out like as much as you want in session view get the basics going and put it in arrangement view um so i'll usually get that done arrange it get the track finished and then i'll step away
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'll give it like maybe a few days or a week go do what i need to do with djing or you know chase up on some invoices because that's a killer as well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but um i feel like if you if you try and smack it out within one day and one session your brain is going to be fried because if you're already in that creative mindset making a track you're in creative mode you're not in Logical. I need to mix down. What's this frequency? I don't like that harshness on that frequency kind of mode. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. yeah so you're yeah, automatically yeah. like, oh, now it doesn't sound the same, or now it's like taking the fun out of it. If you step away for a few days, come back, you're also going not. you're not only going to have fresh ears and notice things that you didn't notice in the creative mode. You're also going to have that intent of right. I need to mix down. I need to get um, it sounding full wide good mono compatibility, all that stuff that's important, you're gonna be in that mindset. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's so important. Cause otherwise you just
0: your brain will be fried. Yeah. That's what I used to. yeah I I used to do that and then I, I kind of just fell out of love of producing for a few years. I was like, fuck this. I hate yeah. it, everything right. And you you're right in, you know, I'm learning from this bit as well, actually, is that bring you creative mode, which is your silly mode, right? You know? Like I've got a bit uh, I've got hardware and I'll just dead mouse prime example he said the same thing he said half the shit when i'm creating stuff i don't even know what i'm making i just fucking
1: whatever he's doing just
0: yeah. whatever right and then build it around that and then he said most of my biggest tracks have come from that and yeah. I'm, I'm taking your advice now because i'm a guy that's like i need to start and i need to do this and do this and do this and you're, you're right and I know deep down i know it's right that you should be <laughs> You know, but as yeah. creatives,
1: Brad, we get carried away because we're loving what we're doing. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. And it's yeah. like also, also I've learned quite recently is like, don't get so hepped up on instruments and the elements that you think sound good at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, can remove that element. If you think it's not working, scrap it, like get rid of it or just turn the channel off and see how it sounds without that element. Because I found yeah. that so much about in recently. Some elements you put in there creatively and you're like, Oh, sounds something sounds a bit off. Try removing something. Maybe it might open a bit of space in the low end or the high end or something like that. Or maybe mm-hmm. you've got too many too many drums on, in there. Um, I think a massive track um, by Ben Helmsley through to you. If you've heard that, oh, I haven't heard that one though. No. That is such a tune. I probably would have um, heard of it actually, but I don't know the name. It's, yeah, it's uh, he's done like a tutorial on it. Um, and he said, it, it, he's gone through it and it's like probably one of the most, he said to himself, it's probably the most basic, um, track he's ever made, like ever, um, yeah. like very basic drums, just high hat clap, um, kick and all that. But it's so impactful because it's less, it is more <laughs> like, yes,
0: I know you said that
1: I've I've it said It sounds this. cleaner. it sounds cleaner because there's less.
0: Yeah, because I um I remember watching uh, when Jamie Jones did Hungry for the Power remix and Love some other track. stuff. That's a great track, isn't it? He uh he said that one of them tracks I can't if it was Hungry for the Power it only took him forty five minutes to make because it's so basic. And going back to Dead Mouse, he said whatever first idea you have, and this is, goes off of what you said, whatever first idea you've had Stick with it because you'll change it and you'll hate it more than the original version of what you did, which I totally yeah. agree with. And, and, uh, do you think like music now is, is so there's too much involved? And, like you say, when it's more basic, it's more, it's more, less is more. Do you think there's too much in music now when the producing?
1: Um, I think it just comes down to being really critical with what you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at like the minimal kind of genre and stuff like that, like Chris Stussy. You know, they haven't really got a lot going on with the drums. Yeah, yeah. I mean Usually a kick, hi hat, um, a close hi hat to make it like sh- shuffle off each other, um, a clap or a snare, a snare with the clap. And it's not usually a lot going on in there. It's more yeah. aimed at like the synths and the emotion behind it, um, I think, yeah, I think you've just got to be critical. Like I think the song that I've just made, which I've, I'm getting back from mastering tonight, I'm really happy with it. I'm really pleased with it, but I'm, I've used like three top loops in the track. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, I've made like the fundamental drums for myself, but then I've used like a shaker here and there. I've used um, like some breakbeat top loops in there to really make it like pop a bit. Mm-hmm. Um and don't get hepped up on using top loops and samples for people. Like honestly, like if it sounds good, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, but in your in, t- in response to your question is there too much involved, I think it's quite subjective to that track. Mm-hmm. Like if you want it to be busy and you and it works well, as long as it sounds, you know, well technically made, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um and also if it's in line with what you want your songs to sound like, then that's fine. Yeah. Um but obviously having too much going on can really ruin a song, a mix yeah. it can be very really yeah. hard to mix as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz someone asked me the question and I was like, "Hmm, I don't know actually. I'm going to relay that to my guests and our them because, you know, everyone's opinions different. So I always like to hear other people's opinions on these things. And um still have to say about it because obviously music is so like out there and different right and everyone has different views um but it's uh yeah like you, you're right yeah i mean it, it all depends if you can mix it well if you can do this and do that and that's a big big element and going on to your um producer with your producing what sort of plugins do you use plugins. Like, yeah, like is... what you'll go to like plugins because they might be good for someone else who wants to get into yeah. producing or yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you're completely right. The plugin world, um I've not really delved so far into it. There's so many plugins that you could use. You know, you've obviously got your mainstream ones like Serum and all those ones. Um I use um for the life of me, if I can remember it. Uh, so for my bass, I like to use Massive. Massive is a really good one. And mm-hmm. um, they usually do really good deals. I think it's quite expensive when they don't have a sale. But Christmas is coming up, so they usually do really good sales at Christmas. Do the plugin yeah. creators? Yeah. Um, I use massive. I don't use Fab Filter. I've I've thought about using getting it, um, but I feel like the EQs and stuff bog standard on Ableton are really good. Um, compression wise, I use stock plugin on compression. Um, there's loads of compression tools out there that you could use. Um a lot of the a lot of the Ableton stop stop stuff is really, really well made. Like really, yeah. really well good. you usually get a really good sound out of most of the stuff. Um but presets wise I use quite a lot with massive. They're really good. I use something that Dennis Salter, um I saw YouTube with him uh doing a masterclass of his It's Only Real mm-hmm. with point blank. Yep. He uses a, a free plugin called Camel Crusher, which I use quite a lot. So yep. that is a really big um, saturator, compressor and like um, an exciter and distortion um, plug-in. So I'll usually like whack a preset onto my bass. Um, you've obviously got to be quite critical with that because it can turn a good mix into a really bad no headroom mix on your lower end. So I'd really be careful with it, which I am. Um, but I'll usually add a preset on there. Just, just have a little play with the presets on my bass, my sub and my attack my bass. Um, see if if it's adding more warmth or something to the track that I feel is missing yeah. and if it is I'll keep it and then I will obviously do the game reduction and match it up and make sure that it's still the same same level because mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to focus on using saturators and stuff like that will get you a very professional sound but if it doesn't need that then don't add it Yes, personally I yeah. think is important Cause it can really mess up the mix, especially if you're not hepped up on, if you're not clear on, you know, it's it's adding a lot of volume that you can't necessarily hear. Yeah. Cause when I put it on my sub, usually a preset will add like maybe five DB or three DB to the, to the sub. Mm-hmm. And then that's way out of line um, balance of my kick, which is just not going to be healthy for the rest of the mix. So you've got to be really clinical with that. Make okay. sure these don't change the track a lot. Mm-hmm. They make it better but they don't mess up the mix entirely. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then other plugins I use is the LUFS loudness meter. I can't like me think what who it's from. Um, just to, when I get mastering back, just see what it's like. Uh, do a little master myself. I feel like that's quite a good tip to do. Whack yep. a limiter on your master. Um, try and have a little play with that. Don't like EQ and things like that. Just see how loud you can get it yourself. And mm-hmm. it'll really, pull out certain elements that will uh apply distortion and then you can go in and, and change it before you send a pre-master off i've good learned so, that's yeah. quite a quite quite a, a good technique to use but i don't yeah I, plugins i don't really use that many um I think on the master i use a spectrum analyzer just to see where all the frequencies are hitting um yeah plugins i'm, I'm very sparse with sparse with to be honest don't really use that many
0: I think a lot of the uh, production platforms uh, do provide really good stuff. You know, like you say, I think, I, I mean, I use Reason. I think Reason provide really good stuff as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, that that information you've given right there was really good information, I thought, you know, and yeah, it, it benefits people. And going on to your radio show, then, obviously, you're, you have a residency on Select Radio. I do yeah. And how did you come about getting that and you know what was it like doing your first ever sort of radio show? Did you have any love for radio in the beginning as well actually yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I do I did have a lot of love for radio, you know, obviously the the base the the, the mainstream ones capital and all of those but Select I've listened to for a lot of years. Yeah, um, been around I've for loved a long time. Hmm. Um, they have been around for a very long time. Um and they're now just like skyrocketing themselves. They're always bettering themselves every day, every week. Um, it's great to be a part of their team. I love their team. They're very friendly, warming, always up for giving new people opportunities to get involved as well and be presenters, which is lovely to see. They don't necessarily have like a wall up, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually um, introduced a friend of mine in this scene who has been my guest, and she's been a guest on other people's shows. And I introduced to her on email to the program lead and she's now got a show so it's like nice to see that they'll take your word for it um like introducing someone but I got into select through um doing an interview slash guest mix for Masconada okay um I did that with them and it was my first ever live radio kind of guest show yeah. Um, so I've done other radio shows before, but it's been like kind of what we're doing now, which is like on air, um, on Zoom, and other other um, pre-record and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, loved it. Got the buzz from it. You know, when you do something and you walk away and you're like, oh my god, I need to do that more. Like yeah, that that's what sick. I got from it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, like I remember Kyle, who's one half of Masconata He was with me, and Ross wasn't there on the day and he went to the toilet halfway through and I just jumped on the mic and was like, this one's like this, that, that. And it was like, it was terrible, but it was like, it said to me, why did I do that? Like, you know, you have that little bit of reflection of like, oh my God, I need to do it, I need to do it. Um, So I left absolutely buzzing from the studio, went home and that day I made a demo, tried my best to sound like a good presenter, um, got the email from uh, Kyle of the select lead on programming, sent it and then from there got a show. Nice so, one, mate. Good for you. But the, whether I know that because I knew a few people on the show as well who have a slot, so I know Connor Dawson, who's encore, who's on there, um, and I dropped him a one line saying, "Oh, blah blah blah, I'm going to apply and stuff like that," and he's like, "Oh, great." Um, whether they maybe back backdoor said something to Joshua yep. or whoever's doing the the lead, whether that helped, which I'm assuming it probably did. um is a big thing like having that network and getting involved whether the, rather than just sending a demo i think is really important I yeah think that helped. and um, like you
0: said as well about first impressions obviously you just you know presented yourself well and you like to be a happy person and that's what people look for for that right and that's a good sort of thing for you know just anyone in life really i think that's to yeah.
1: t- to touch on get landing the uh, slot as well, I did actually utilize social media. Yeah. Um. So I sent. Excuse me. Um. I did like a highlights of my time with Maskinada, and then I sent out a. Uh, I did put in the caption. Um. Who wants to see. A, jo- a show from Joey Tempo, and then, I I sent I I messaged private messaged everyone. Um, say oh can you comment like I've I've sent a demo out it'd be really good it'd really increase my chances at getting a show blah 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 and it was like I think I got like nearly 70 comments on it and then I don't know if select saw that they might have done mm-hmm. but use but like like we've talked about using social media as a business tool to leverage or look like some people want it as attention because that's a big currency in the music industry is attention Yeah. Um, massive massive currency if you've got more attention you've got more everything um yeah. and i believe i don't have full knowledge but i do believe that had a little bit of an impact on it as well then maybe seeing all those comments oh we want a show blah 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 do you get what i mean yeah like, i do yeah yeah swung them that way a bit so yeah
0: and it's it, again it's uh it's a good positive like encouragement to be like well wow, it's something i enjoy i put it out then people obviously like me for who i am and they want to see a joey tempo show and that's what i did and I've got to ask you, where did, did, obviously, your first name is Joey, I assume. But it's Joe, it's but, my, but
1: people, people do call me Joey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, where did Tempo come from? Or is that actually
1: your surname?
0: Not my actual surname, oh! I'm not going to let
1: you down, Brad. Yeah, but... get, get
0: legally changed now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, so my very first name, which is dreadful, um, was called Dot Dash. Right. How did that come, like, how did, how did that that come like, about? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was like, I did a few gigs like at my Soho residency when I first started out, and I was like, it's every single show I did there was like dot dash, dot dash, this dot dot, and I was like, it's just not. It's, you know when something's just always in your head, like it's just not working? Yeah. So I was like, I need to go out to the drawing board. I was like, what do I call myself? Went through so many names. Um, and then I was just like at the decks one day, and you know the, the tempo slider, mm-hmm. you've got the tempo at the bottom, it literally says tempo. And I was just like, Joey, like think of your name. And then it just like, I saw that and I was like, Joey, tempo, like Joey, cause it's like, cause I'm energetic, I'm happy, I'm bubbly, it's me, it's like, and I like to, in my, during my sets, I like to change the tempo quite a lot. Yeah. Um, like if there's a vocal that falls and it's just like a string or something like that before the drop, or it's like massive white noise into a breakdown that there's nothing underneath it. I quite like to like lower like a one thirty to like one two five, not enough mm-hmm. so that it, you know, it completely depletes the energy out of the dance floor because that's not good. But I think doing that really um, it switches it up a bit, it throws a bit of a curveball into the crowd, and the kind of like you know instead of it just being one thirty all night, which can be a bit boring. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's bad, but it can be a bit repetitive, just one thirty. Um yeah. like I like doing that. So it kind of just yeah, it just naturally came around
0: to being Jerry Temper. Keeping it eclectic sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It works. Sick. People like yeah. the names, but it's like it's stuck, it works. So yeah. And that's a good thing as well, is like uh as you talked about marketing yourself and stuff like that, finding a name that is gonna be like um remembering and stuck. Do you know what I mean like it's gonna you know Joey Tempo it, it rolls off the tongue and it you are gonna remember that so that's another good thing for anyone listening to, you know who wants to think of a DJ name don't go with Dot Dash but go with Joe Tempo <laughs> definitely don't
1: go Dot Dash and you know the worst part about Dot Dash was it was actually Dot in writing and then it was a dash an actual dash like a hyphen and then yeah. dash in the writing in the letters as well oh <laughs> That was the logo as well.
0: Don't worry, all we learn from our mistakes, AJ. Awful, absolutely <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's cool, man. So how do you actually prepare for a radio station then? Like, tell me the bit of the background of like how the radio station sort of world works, because we all see a lot of DJ, producer stuff online, but we never see actually like the radio side of it. So how do you plan yeah, it?
1: I, I try to um share the studio on my socials a lot because I think like people really like and connect with a lot of behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. on socials um, and it's showing a world like like you just said that people don't necessarily get to see um, I mean you don't necessarily get to see um, Jaguar in BBC introducing doing what she's doing every day do you? Like what no. she's doing behind the microphone. Yeah. There's only a few clips I've seen of her, what she's actually doing um, but yeah with Select it's completely live mixing so you're actually DJing while you're presenting which can be a curse and a you know a bonus at the same time because it gives you more freedom but yeah. if you're mixing and you're trying to present that can go very wrong very fast um but yeah with, with it it's um preparing for a radio show so i'll usually have um because i like because my show is called the all out show so i like to go all out on different types of genre or like a guest um, each week, and that's where you um, got the name from as well, yeah. Could you yeah, like so, yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, I like to say like, oh, all out. This week we're going all out on hard dance. This week we're going all out on disco house. This week we're going all out on and so forth. Um, and then when the guests come on, it's quite nice to say, "It's my pleasure to introduce to you all out," the guest's name. It it, it flows quite well. Um, but the way I prepare it is, I'll pick the Johnny or something like that, and I'll have like a a, a list of um, what song's coming next because I feel like if you can entice someone to keep listening like a hook um, it's very important because you could just go oh this week we've got loads of bangers coming up okay <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah great going back if, to if that.
0: you can say, you can say
1: who, they're, who they're from or like what you know like who are what artist it is yeah, um, yeah. or if you, even if it's a 90s song and you go oh we're going to have a throwback in the next one from whoever Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anything to entice and keep people hooked and keep people listening and engaged into you, um, I think is really important, especially in preparing. Because if you go in there and you just go flying off the handle, which I've done before, yeah, it can get a bit messy very fast. And it can just be a bit like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, so... my, my show is all about kind of showcasing certain music and yes.
0: informing and educating people on it. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, um. That's kind of I ask as well. So from a DJ set and a radio station set, with a DJ set, you take people on a journey. Do you think the same concept is with that, with radio then?
1: Um, I feel like radio, I think it depends what station you're on. Um, Select really like to value themselves off like underground, um, quite exclusive, inclusive music. So mm-hmm. trying to offer it different to what you'd hear on Capital or BBC. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like so. I plan more my radio show because I want it to be informative and like educational. Like I'll have the release date there. I'll have like maybe a memory that I've got of it to re-jog my mind um, to share with the listeners, which I think is really nice. It really brings down that kind of fourth wall for people. Um, You know, I played this out last weekend, and the dance floor was. Like whatever absolutely blew off. It always goes off and all that stuff. Or maybe you saw it at a festival you've been to, and then you've gone away and you put it into your locker for another time. Um, but yeah, I, I I plan my radio shows way more than I do my DJ sets. So DJ sets I usually um, I'll pre- I'll prepare a playlist of maybe five songs or three songs that I kind of want the night to go on in mm-hmm. line with the event that's books me for, or I'm booked for, or to play for. And then I'll kind of just go off the whim, if you know what I mean? I'll kind of yep. just go with the flow, see what the, the crowd's vibing is. Read off. the
0: room and that, yeah. Yeah, read the
1: room. It's a big, big, big thing you need to do as a DJ, I believe. Because okay. you could have one plan of action and then it's not working well and then you kind of like, what's going to happen then? <laughs> you, you can keep to that, but if the crowd's not responding to it, are you just going to keep playing that style of music, yeah, or yeah. that type of, type of music in that genre, or you're going to switch it up a bit, with more vocals that and then you drop that and then they respond and you keep playing the vocaly stuff it's yeah. important to really have that um yeah that kind of mindset of being with them and seeing what they respond to as a DJ
0: yeah and with um the like the radio show when you have the guest on what is the platform for that and how like when I say the platform should actually work a bit different like, right? but what's the structure to the radio your show so do you have like a introducing then halfway through the mix you you know you kind of do a short interview and then how does it work to explain to listeners that haven't heard your show before yeah so in in when i have um it's a bit hit and miss with the guests um because
1: obviously sometimes um guests can like cut out last minute They might not be able to make it, or something might happen in their life that they're going through that they can't 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 get involved. um, Even though they've been booked for so long, and that can happen. Um, So I'll always plan like two hours, prepare them for one hour initially for just me and the listener. So it's usually just me and them, and then the second hour for the guest um, with questions, an introduction to them. Then they go off and do their mix. Then we'll have like a little interview. at the start of the second hour, and then and then let them do a little bit of a mix. Stop them if they've got like a track that they're they've released or something like that, or they've they've made that they would bring to the table. We'll talk about that. Go into the second interview, um, and then kind of let them roll it out, and then I'll say goodbye. Okay. Um, but it's two hours, 12 till two on Mondays in the afternoon on Select Radio, um, and it's good. It is a good vibe. I used to do Thursdays. Yeah. Um, but it was way too early to get up for because I was in the breakfast <laughs> breakfast shows, and I was like, I said to the lead, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore because I don't live like in London. I live just out of London, yeah, Hemel um, Hempstead way. So, oh okay, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, it's a bit tough to get to the studio, um, but yeah, every every Monday, twelve till two p.m. It's great.
0: That's sick, mate. Yeah, I um, I listen, like I, I listened to your show with Law Mark, and I thought it was really good. The concept, the whole the the structure of it and i love you the fact that you you said that people pull out and because i've had that as well myself included you know like there's things that happen in life you pull out and you've got to find maybe someone or you've got to skip one and it can sometimes lose that bit of consistency so i understand the struggle of trying to get people booked because it is a fucking extra bit of work on its own right trying to yeah. i mean that. when
1: you when you've got that artist in there and they're away i can put my feet up and have a cup of tea like i can do what i want yeah <laughs> i'll take yeah, a few yeah. videos of them here and there but i'll usually go downstairs make myself a cup of tea and them them a cup of tea if they want one um and then they can just play what they want as long as there's no swearing because it's licensed it's offcom yep. registered so definitely no swearing which i've had before and i told them off very naughty boy um
0: <laughs> you have to do you have to say that and Jeff just say sorry for the bad language and then that's it yeah. kind of thing
1: you no, know, just completely act as if it didn't happen. Just don't even raise it. It's way worse to bring up that they've sworn because it makes them feel uncomfortable on air. And it also makes like the listeners kind of realize it's happened. You've yeah. been listening to radio and like you've not really necessarily been listening to it. You just have it on the background. So yeah, nine yeah. times out of 10 they probably didn't even hear that little F word or something like that or even that bad mixing, you know, or even yeah. like your talking went bad or something because I've done it before where I've messed up with the talking, as long as you don't raise it so much, like, you can kind of just let it slide under the carpet and get away with yeah. it. Because it's just the worst thing is to bring it up and go, oh, I'm really sorry that I just said that. Because then people automatically hear that you did it. Yeah. <laughs> never they'll,
0: they'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, And then how do you
1: come back from that? Well, yeah. But anyway, this is the new track from whoever. <laughs> <It's like> <laughs> awkward. Let's <laughs> um, go... Cool. But yeah, with, with the structure, I'll usually announce there is a guest when I first start the show, coming on yep. in the second hour. And if they're not, I'll just say, oh, you've got two two hours, just me and you. How lucky are you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. really play on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's important to play on what you're saying as well sometimes as
0: well. Yeah, that's cool, man. And like, I was going to say, was there is there like any sort of, uh tips and tricks anything else you'd like to sort of add to you know that could benefit someone i mean we've touched on a lot of stuff that i think is very Mm -hmm. beneficial in the show massively is there anything else you'd like to add for that um
1: tips and tricks as in like in the industry
0: yeah like you know like um you know how to you know write an email to approach a radio station like yourself to sort of put yourself forward what are you looking for in that you know like I should have been more specific I'm just for a ballpark you know question out there but yeah especially the radio one yeah I completely get what you're saying I feel like
1: the way that I kind of approach a lot of things with because obviously like we've said it's music business like Mm -hmm. you've obviously got to be good at what you do as an artist as a talented creative you've got to be able to mix properly you've got to get that done right initially and then you've got to look at it you've got to almost take yourself out of just that shell a little bit, and look at you know you've got to look at how visible you are. You've got to look at your marketability, your name. You know how do you dress? How does Joey Tempo dress when he turns up to a gig? Does he turn up in just a tracksuit bottoms and tracks like a full tracksuit? You know, and looks like he's just off the street. No, he will wear something that is in line with his brand, but also what the venues kind of after as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, how's your network? Is your network good? Is you know almost like scope out a bit and score yourself really reflect on how that looks in like a little map and then in, in these areas that you think are like three out of ten or something like that like really go go back to it go to a drawing board how can i increase my network do i go to parties do i you know can i utilize social media to do that um really scope out hone in on what where your problems are and try and um come up with a plan of how to improve them I feel like doing that scoring yourself is a really big tip. I feel like if you score yourself on visibility, because I did that when I first started out. You know, mm-hmm. what am I doing that makes me visible to promoters? What am I doing? Is my network good? You know, it was like terrible at the beginnings, but I went to loads of parties and I just made little connections here and there. I messaged people that were in the scene. Um,
0: just little things like that would really help. That's good, yeah. And no, actually, don't you touch on that, like, with the whole. Um, scoring yourself and stuff, you know. I, 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 and uh, I don't know if I said this to anyone actually, but I always used to dress like, um, you know, like I hate to say it, uh, the fucking Prada shoes, the jeans, and the fucking D squared. I, I used to when I was younger, I kind of dressed like that, I guess, and a little bit Indy-ish, But I've always been. I know, I grew up in cancer state. I've always wore tracksuits and wore gold when I was a kid. I always did, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm older and I don't give a fuck about what I look like. You know, I do present yeah. myself well and I do, you know, obviously try to be respectful and respect uh, to myself in like, you know, present yourself well, dress nice, buy nice tracksuits. So I do wear tracksuits and jeans. I wear TNs still, you know. I wear yeah. I wear gold, you know. And yeah. I felt like, oh, that's me back as my old self, you know. like, And in i say to myself ah oh, again you're so right with the scoring thing i look at myself and go but that doesn't really suit the house scene though does it It suits more the drum and drum and bass scene but then i think I mean, to myself you gotta stand out a bit like you said with that as well so
1: yeah i mean don't don't take it the way what i've just said is in like changing who you are oh no 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 no, what... no 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 uh, no 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 yeah, yeah yeah but like that's not that's not what i mean by that i mean like i don't think you took it that way um but if anyone has took it that way, that's gonna to listen to this. Definitely don't get that from what I said. Or by all means, like be authentic to yourself. Don't change you like at all, and don't let anyone tell you to change you yourself or be this certain way because it's your life. You can yeah. never let anyone should never should never let anyone tell you how to live your life, like ever. Yeah. Stay yeah. true to yourself, and especially in the scene, if you're just on an honest guy, you're a good guy. You're out to help the scene you you know you're linking people up you're like because that's what i do an awful lot i try my hardest to link promoters up with promoters who are looking to i have promoters that reach out to me because i'm on radio and whatever and say oh do you know anyone that wants that has venues that i could do things with or oh can we have guests on your show and things like that if i if you can be that person to link an industry head up with another industry head you're going to be like up up here in their mind and they're going to think about you yeah um but yeah, definitely just stay true to yourself. Like if you want to wear that tracksuit, by all means wear that tracksuit to your gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't uh saying that yeah. I was trying, yeah.
0: No, don't don't I didn't take it the wrong way at all. It's just it made me reflect on myself funny actually enough because I thought I'll do the podcast now. I just found it funny, that's all. Uh yeah, and I did a podcast and I was like uh, you're right. You have got to have an image, right? There's DJs that wear masks, like Marshmallow and Marshmallow, um, yeah, yeah. Just, and
1: but he's just—that's just jumped straight into my head, and that proves how effective that is. Instantly yeah, you, know? you
0: recognize it. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. and deadmau Mouse and Boris, uh, Boris Brescia, whatever you say his name. Um, yeah. Uh, but in, it, you know, when I did the podcast, I was like, oh, you know, I should go back to my old ways of wearing gold and like Goldie, like you know, iconic mm-hmm. fucking DMB guy. And yeah, the the gold teeth, you know, that's not in yeah. fashion, but that's him and his brand and how he looks, and that's his name. it, so it comes
1: down to marketability, really. Doesn't yeah, it?
0: that's what. But that's what I was getting at when I when you said yeah. about that. So sorry, don't, I didn't mean to. No, no, no I didn't. I didn't right. think. Yeah. I didn't think you did. I was just yeah. making that clear that I didn't want anyone listening
1: listening to this to take that that way. Oh, yeah, that's not what. Absolutely, hundred percent. Be authentic to yourself. Yeah. Um, don't want to come across as like you have to have this image and you have to be fake because that that will get you nowhere. Like there's so many people that do that and they are just like you see right through them and you're just like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, man, i okay. down a bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, like going
0: back to the social media thing, in it like that, yeah. in it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah.
1: but yeah, other things to add, really, just just be a genuine guy, just be nice, just be a nice person. It doesn't take a lot to just be nice, um, and it goes a long way and also the things like emails emails like they're a nightmare but they work they do work you know headhunt who that promoter is who that radio programmer is because that's what i did you know i headhunted who he was um and i emailed him i got his email online it was literally there for anyone to view it's not i didn't like it's not like a breach of his privacy he literally has it on his instagram (laughs) His email. So you do yeah. see what I'm saying? Like how about yeah, yeah, yeah. like spend a few hours researching? You know, your internet is one of your biggest tools of the modern day. Like use it to your um to your strengths. Like definitely use it. And follow up on that email. Just because someone's not replied to you in two days or three days, even a week I've had before, even over a week I've had someone not get back to me. And then they've just out of the blue got back to me and said, Can you play for me this day? Um, or I've I've followed up like ten times yeah, and yeah eventually yeah. got back just because they've not got back doesn't mean it's a no they've just yeah. probably not seen it people are busy like yeah and if, if if you don't have that kind of um resilience to keep slamming on the door i don't think you're that worthy of having that opportunity
0: does that yeah. make sense yeah it makes perfect sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. As good... brutal as that might sound <laughs> no it's all good info mate and like, honestly you've been so so like good with like um just information and just explaining things you know and again uh, another one is linkedin i think linkedin's a big big one that a lot of people really really don't either know about or think about because that's their business profile you know you've got yeah. the the instagram stuff but when it comes to business business like linkedin is a good one because you get a lot of stuff on there right yeah. a
1: lot of people in on linkedin um you can usually get their emails and their contact details from there. It's very good. And a lot of people, because obviously it's an underground, they they don't think people in music have LinkedIn and all this stuff. But everyone on radio and events usually are in a company that will all have a business profile set up and they will have a LinkedIn profile because either they've done it themselves because they want to look professional, or the business company has asked them to make it so that they're like in their channels, their music, their their messages channels so they're, they're all going to be on there like don't ever forget about linkedin because it's not a corporate it's not seen in the music industry as like a tool i don't know yeah. why <laughs> i don't know why it's not i know what you mean is- oh no, yeah <laughs> yeah like it should be seen like instagram is seen all the time as like something to do with music but yeah. linkedin is always forgotten about i think and i've got loads of emails from linkedin before and contact details that i've linked people up with and yeah it really does help
0: that's good. That's good to know. And do you just use Instagram, or do you utilize as much of the social media platforms as much? Because it's quite a lot to keep on top of all of them. But do you know what I mean? So,
1: so when I first started out, I'd I'd um I tested all of them, um and it was hectic. It's chaos. Could not keep one growing like I wanted the other one to. So I usually just stick to Instagram. Instagram mm-hmm. is like my, yeah, I, I love Instagram. I think it's great for an artist. Creative, anyone in that kind of sector to use. Um, I think it's amazing. TikTok, um, I did start using, and I'm only just now kind of thinking about using because apparently word on the street is it's really good for producers um, getting your music out there. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a bash at that. But yeah, things like Facebook, Twitter. I don't use Twitter. Um, I just use Instagram, um, WhatsApp. I use to message people and just my own um, newsletter, really. I just have a little database of my own email chain and yeah, just use that.
0: Oh, nice, nice.
1: feel like if you have one platform and you do well at it and you hone in on that, and you yeah. put all your strength in that, that's better than having like um, spreading your eggs out in loads of baskets and all of them kind of being there. If you have one up there until you're like at Jamie Jones level or something like that, yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like until you yeah, can yeah, just yeah. be all over everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think that's more important when you're starting out. Like have one profile that's really good, really clean, looks great. Almost like a shop window, like get it looking like that first. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, you're right. Shop window, yeah. Like a shop window. If you go to a shop window or a restaurant and you don't see anyone eating at it, you're going to walk straight past. If you go to one and there's like everyone sat in the windows, they're all eating at it, you're going to be like, hmm, stop and look at the menu. That's mm-hmm. similar to what social media is kind of, I see social media kind of like, yeah, like have your first nine squares on your Instagram pop in, have it like of you doing what you do. have it of a behind the scenes thing in the studio, have it of your music, have like different things that all tell a story about you, but it's like a menu, what you offer. I yeah. feel like that really helps.
0: That's a good way of looking at it. I never looked at it <laughs> like the window thing and the... that's a really good way of putting it actually. I didn't think of that. Because my, my arrangement on Instagram is shit, but I'm trying to get better as I go. It's so, yeah. difficult, mate. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. Oh, it's hard but... to keep
1: it up as well. Once you've got it to a level, it's like, oh, my God, do I have to do another post? Do I have to really plan another post? Yeah. I want to do really now, in my time now. What point am I at is just make
0: music. <laughs> yeah, man. So moving forward then, what are the future plans for Joey Tempo?
1: <sighs> the future That you can reveal. Me. Yeah that I can reveal. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of there's. I have some some stuff in the works for even 2025, um, which is, that might potentially be a festival that I've booked for in Croatia, brand new festival, because um, I know someone who is starting that up. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the future, it's uh, just mainly clubbing in London at Fire. I've got the residency there, um, building the radio on Select. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully releasing music in 2024 and, um, first, hopefully get my first big festival booking. That's what I really want to break into is festivals. Um, yeah, I, pra- yeah. I played some pride festivals this year, which was an amazing experience. Um, but a big festival would be like a dream. Really? It's like mad.
0: Yeah, man. Uh- Festivals are good. They, they are good. I mean, I, I like the small intimate clubs, you know, you just got like the yeah. booth there and like, but, but festivals are a different breed. They are really, really yeah. good fun. Yeah,
1: just being in a field as a raver, like going to part life and those like the consecutive years, being on the other end of delivering the music for the crowd would just be like, oh, mad, I'd love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this month I've got um, Halloween uh, event at Beyond. And then I'm playing in Ipswich um, for Halloween Takeover as well. Pulse Club or something like that. I don't know. What okay, yeah. In. The nightlife is quite like in Ipswich, but should be all right. should be good.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, I was going to ask you, actually, how do you think the scenes, The well, my, kind of as we've come to an end here, how do you think the scene is looking nowadays in regards to, we've got the drum sheds drum that's just opened up, um, print work shut down. And just clubs in general, like the health of the the scene, like in your eyes, because obviously you meet and see a lot of people and go to a lot of parties. Yeah. So.
1: It's a really good question because it's like, I mean, I could sit here and be quite cliche and be like, oh, it's dying and blah, blah, blah and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I mean, being in it, like, yeah, I do see some venues and bars and clubs and stuff really struggling. I do see that. But... If you look a bit deeper and you look in the places where, you know, they've got a good team around what they're doing, you know, they, they know their market, they know their audience, they know what their their market wants, um, they know what they shouldn't do, you know, they've got the credibility there. They're not struggling. Like, I play it Beyond very regularly in Fire, and they're packed every weekend. Yeah, yeah, and I have yeah. people say to me, oh, it's like the night scene's struggling, but you go to Fire on a Saturday, Friday night, there is li- and it's like doesn't matter what hour of what morning it is, it is rammed like it's yeah. crazy, and it's like to me, it's like I don't know what people are talking about, but then again, maybe I'm just not in the place is where they are really struggling a lot. Do yep. you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think mainly the weekdays in London are quite are being hit quite hard.
0: Really, because they used to be popping really good, didn't they? Thursday nights and stuff and. Thursday,
1: Thursday, I play in Soho um, and it's so hit and miss. Like some Thursdays, it'll be really busy towards like 12. Yeah. Whereas I finish at 1. So it's kind of like you've only got an hour to really have a good party. Um, And then like other other Thursdays, it's just like dead. But then you you, you fast forward to the Friday after and it's heaving. It's absolutely mad. Yeah. It's
0: crazy, isn't it? The
1: weekdays, bouncing off your question, is I think they're struggling quite a bit. From my experience in like soho and stuff um yeah. but the weekends i think they're just they're, they're as fine as they used to be
0: and what what do you think moving forward as as uh you know as you have your show have my podcast and uh, just as um djs producers as seen as a collective what do you think it needs like to help boost the scene whether it be like the bar life or the club culture or um do we need more people on the gr- ground for like you know uh cleaning up clubs or just you know what i mean like the the things that we don't talk about everyone talks about the dj and the promoter and anything like that, but the just the small things that make a club you know, the bar industry like anything like this. do you think there's anything that we need to do to help prop up the scene and build it back to what it was yeah
1: it's quite difficult though man it's like because we because us as People in this country in the UK, we're very limited of what we can really do. Mm-hmm. Um like obviously we can do an, a whole load lot, but you know, we can't always do things for free and we can't always do things like off our own back for people. Yeah. Like there's yeah. gotta be a like line where you go, come on, like we need some compensation for helping out. Because um, 'cause I've done I've played I've played as a DJ before for free for loads of times. And then they almost like right. expect it continuously be free. So well, hang on. I've got, to, you know, I've got to put bread on the table, mate. Like, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't, be, I can't be eating a metal plate, like yeah. a ceramic plate, even. Um, but I, I think coming away from DJs and promoters, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I mean, people who are like behind the bars, they usually actually are quite happy where I where I play. Um, I'm not too sure to be honest, mate. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a, it's a really difficult someone... question.
0: Yeah, someone know. asked me and just said, "Like, what you know?" Because um, everyone thinks, like, you know, a DJ, sound system, and that's it makes a night. But like, obviously, like you, like we've both said, clubs are struggling. Uh, you know, and what can we do as you know, as musicians, promoters, whatever, to help bring that kind of back up? Yeah, yeah. Someone asked me. I thought I let off to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, as as us as magi- musicians and stuff, it's like. I mean, with the creative people, with the people that keep people there when they're there, yeah, and we're the ones yeah. that have the responsibility of keeping the night alive. So if that night's not already alive, like we're kind of pulled out of the of the yeah. picture, yeah, Because I because I I play in some soho venues and the promoter the other week, I I, I I had to laugh, but I also was like, oh my god, really? He literally said, like. You're such a good DJ, blah blah blah. But the nights are so quiet on the weekdays, and I was like, okay, like maybe it's the sound, maybe it's the music I'm playing. And he was like, no, I don't think it's that. He was like, I think it's just like the nightlife. I think people are after something different, or it's not drawing. The music's great, but it's just not drawing people in. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, I could put like a drag queen with pink hair on a Thursday night till like one AM, have a sing on the tables, and that probably pack the venue. And I was just yeah. like. <laughs> I was like really, you, you just said that to me and I'm like <laughs> you, you're literally telling me you, you could potentially be just be pulling me out of a job like <laughs> yeah so but that's like you know it's what do you do as a business when you yeah so much, you know you obviously love what you're doing and that's your identity but if it's not making you money as a business and which is the fundamentals of a business is to do make mm-hmm. money and offer a service for people yeah what do you do you know yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it. I, I think like it's like with anything. I think like you know, like with the small pubs, they've all shutting down. And you just have the big pubs now, right? I think back when I was um, covering younger, you have more of the smaller clubs that had. Uh, I like. I lived in Kent most of my most of my life, and mm-hmm. you had like four different small bars. There's one called Ar Bar because it could hold, only hold literally probably about 150 people, but it was packed all the time because you had, like, you had, like, a minimal house and, like, you know, proper deep, like, chill, relaxing house. And you had another one that that only held 300 people that would have Carl Cox play there and Nick Van Chuli And, you know, and I think the smaller venues are kind of something that build up the, the foundation of that park. I could be wrong but that's just from my own experience like yeah i'm I mean, back in the I'm day
1: always, i'm always a big fan of um be a smaller venue and be it more intimate than typically a bigger venue yeah um, what you're after on the night obviously mm. um but I'm, I'm always like a big champion supporter of like side rooms I love yeah, songs. man. Yes. I think they're literally they are literally the most lit room on a night out ever. Because usually, <laughs> they, usually they've got less people, so you can dance. You've got no sticky, sweaty people walking into you with their yeah, tops yeah. off, going, or whatever, whatever they're doing. What it's usually doing? just more intimate vibe. You can usually go to the bar and get a drink because no one's yeah. waiting. Yeah, the music's yeah. Usually better and clearer because there's less people. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Uh, mate, I um, yeah, that's. I'm so thankful you gave me your time today to explain. You know, you who you are as a person and your sound, everything that you do. I really appreciate it, and everything, or all the information that's definitely going to benefit someone. And yeah, um, yeah. I'll definitely in the YouTube and all that. I'll put all the links to you like the radio station, yeah, socials. I'll, I'll link all that down in the descriptions and stuff. And then, um, yeah, mate, I appreciate your time. Really, do. I really, really appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you for having me on. We've had a really good long chat. Yeah, been it's been long. Like I do chin wag a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I do waffle. But this is what the podcast is all about, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, and but sometimes, yeah. I'm,
1: sometimes I'm we, we, me and my guests get into that a lot of um, talky stuff like this because you know, as DJs producers, we could just talk like forever about what yeah, we're doing because we're passionate about it. Yeah. Um, and anyone scoping in on that who can take inspiration is great. But usually people don't necessarily understand what we talk about. So they just switch off. Whereas yeah, we're like, yeah. we bounce off because it's very, you need to know what we're talking about to really get into it. Yeah. Um, and we sometimes do that on my show on the radio. And it's yeah. like, it can be a little bit too long. But I do prefer that. I prefer talking. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. I always say to people, I said, music people are geeks. I say to people, I'm a geek with very music. Loaded. <laughs> very nerdy, yeah. I'm very nerdy in music, right? And uh, and I, you know, I I say to people like, just just the the beauty of the scene is helping each other out and just loving the music. That that's that's why I did the podcast because during COVID, like you know, everyone did through COVID, right? I I love music. I love talking about it. I love geeking out about it, and I love meeting people and talking about it. So, I thought, fuck it, I don't start a podcast. So, and I love to chat shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's brilliant, I think what you're doing, you,
1: like like I kind of do in my show on the radio, is give someone a platform to talk about themselves, their experiences, um, and motivate people in that in the scene. If you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot. I feel like the music industry doesn't do enough of it as as it is. Yeah. As a basic, um, yeah. I feel like it's. I don't know why, but it's very um, restricted. Not restri- I don't think it's restricted. I just don't think that it's done enough. Like talking about the full backstory of an artist, like it's very rare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what because because you've asked me questions today, which I would probably ask on my radio show. is like yeah. really like getting getting your teeth into like who who that person is is on your show. Whereas you, you could go to a different radio show, which obviously I won't name or throw them under the bus. Um, but they will just go, oh, what DJ are you? Like, oh, what's coming up next? And oh, this release is coming out. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just yeah, the yeah really get your teeth into someone's life and a bit of a backstory. I think that's really important because then that inspires people and people yeah. connect to it more. And that's the podcast.
0: Yeah, so it's great. And you know, I think what <laughs> you're you're like the way you your life growing up with music is define your sound. And then what what and I'm like, what defines that sound? Like what like your sound is this right? But where they come from? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm a bit like that. So I was like, I'd love to know. And um I don't care like if you started with fucking this or that or whatever. I don't care, but I just like to know how it got about, and it's yeah. just the way it is, right? But great, I've I've enjoyed
1: talking about stuff and raising a few points that hopefully will help people out, inspire people, and yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm glad you've enjoyed it, mate. That's the that's what I like to come away from doing it is that people enjoy their time doing like being on this and. uh I love what you do with the show as well I, I think it does it is a lot different from what you do well you like you have just said what you hear on other shows um from what i've seen and listened to like you like you say you get into yeah. diving their teeth but you still understand their sound listening to a good mix and it's fun and bubbly yeah. as well like you said so it's yeah, not to necessarily
1: to. pulling it too far away from the music yeah. um keeping it still like musically oriented can be quite yeah. difficult Sometimes because when like like we're doing now, like when you go on a tangent with each other, you can just talk for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm like to the guest and like look at them and I'm like, well, let's go back to the music. Yeah. yeah Listener like, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day it turns the radio on to hear music. Like that's what yeah. you do usually. Yeah. Um, and the guest is usually there just to do a mix. Um. But yeah, if I can do similar to what you do on this with people on the show, I really like doing it, and it means a lot
0: yeah i think you've got a good blend mate i really do yeah i think it's good so yeah thanks for doing that i appreciate it mate